0: Welcome to Sunday Sermons from the Williamsburg Community Chapel, brought to you by the Chapel Podcast Network. Let's open our Bibles to John chapter 3 verses 1 through 15, and I'll read the first 3 verses now as we prepare to hear from Lead Associate Pastor Rich Sylvester as he starts our new series where we're looking to fix our eyes on Jesus the Evangelist. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God.
1: Susie and I have some good friends who live up in the Northeast and uh, they've inherited a a cabin in Maine. Now, cabin is probably too nice a word. It's more like a shack on a lake in Maine. It's nothing fancy, but it's a great little spot to to go to. The first thing you do when you get there is normally open the door and scare out any raccoons or possums that have, you know, lived there for the last few days. And then you generally sweep up all the mouse droppings you find. And then after that, you you can enjoy this little one-room cabin. And although you can see through the windows, you can also see through the siding on the walls that doesn't quite close you out from the outside. It's nothing fancy, but it's full of memories. It was a great place to go and to fish in the lake. The, The porch of the cabin actually overhangs over the water, which these days you could never build a structure that close to the lake. But again, it's not much of a cabin. In fact, as our friends Eric and Sarah had their own kids and started with their own family and started creating their own family memories there, uh, they'd realized that in order for their kids to really enjoy it, they needed to do a few upgrades. They needed to maybe get some indoor plumbing instead of the outhouse in the backyard. Or maybe get some new windows that had some less rot or a door that actually closed all the way. So they submitted their names to a, a TV program called Main Cab Makeovers. No, Main Cabin Masters. No, we got a thumbs up. Somebody's watching it. I don't know whether it's on HGTV or what channel it's on on TV. But it's that typical uh, makeover home show where you, you put in your name and you, you pay some money and they come in with a design team and they build your dreams out while you're off you know, doing something else with your life. So they got selected and they met with the producers and the design team and they shared some history about this little cabin and they they went away knowing that this team would make some upgrades, fix the siding, put in some new windows, make it a little more comfortable for the family. But as you watch this TV episode, eventually this construction team gets so frustrated with this old cabin that one of the guys in his big burly main beard and his Carhartt outfit grabs a chainsaw and starts cutting down a tree next to the cabin and lets it just fall flat on top of the cabin. And he says, enough of this. We've got to start fresh. We've got to start new. I can't handle this anymore. You see, our friends Eric and Sarah were hoping for a few upgrades. They were hoping for some new windows indoors, but what they got was a new cabin. They wanted some fixes. What they got was new. See, as we get to the end of John chapter 2, there's people that are coming to Jesus that want some fixes They want some new windows and some new doors. They're amazed at all that they see Jesus doing and they show up saying, can you do something wonderful for me? But Jesus, we read in the end of John chapter two says, I didn't entrust myself to them because what they wanted was a teacher, but I wanted to be their savior. What they wanted was a better life, but I wanted to offer them new life they wanted me to change out some windows and doors but I want to start fresh you see as we get to John chapter 3 we're going to learn that Jesus is offering new life not a better upgrade not some new windows not some siding that's better closing out from the outside elements but Jesus is offering new life One such man that shows up to Jesus is this man we meet here in John chapter 3. His name is Nicodemus. We know from the narrative that Nicodemus is a Pharisee, a ruler of Israel, or a ruler of the Jews. Jesus will actually address him in this passage and call him the teacher of Israel. Some commentators have suggested that Nicodemus was a a household name that he was famous, that every Jew would have known who Nicodemus was. And although we can't know that for sure, there's a lot we can know about this man named Nicodemus. We know that as a Pharisee, he was dedicated to the law. He was dedicated to God's word. He thought about it. He discussed it with others. He memorized it. Pharisees would would um, memorize the whole book of the law some of them would even go on and memorize all the prophets they had all this scripture in their head people from the community would come to them with their arguments and with their disputes and say can you settle this matter using God's law and People like, and Pharisees like Nicodemus would hear this dispute and and bring God's law into the equation and settle it there for them. As a Pharisee, we know he was wealthy. He was successful. He had made it in the business world. He knew how to navigate the political system of the day and the social structures of the community. He was a man that people looked up to. Yet we know from here in John chapter 3 that he seeks Jesus in the cover of darkness. He seeks Jesus at night. Because as a Pharisee, it would be dangerous to go to Jesus in the daylight. This could ruin his reputation with the others. This would be too much for the community to handle. And so as darkness sets in and as the streets clear out, Nicodemus comes to Jesus in nighttime and he says to Jesus he says Jesus rabbi teacher you must be a teacher from god how else could you do all these things see nicodemus comes to Jesus looking for a teacher but Jesus is going to say nicodemus i want to be your savior Nicodemus is going to come to Jesus saying, hey, I could use a few new windows, maybe a door, but Jesus is going to say, we got to knock it all down and start fresh. Because Jesus isn't looking to give us better life. Jesus is looking to give us new life. Yes, Jesus is offering new life. Now we have to pause in the story for the minute for a moment and just acknowledge that sometimes we come to Jesus like this. We come to Jesus and say, "Jesus, I've got this good life going. I've figured it out. I've built it up pretty well, but I 've got this one issue that I need you to deal with. Can you deal with this one thing for me?" Or, or maybe we go to Jesus and we say, "Jesus, uh, things were going great, but then I messed up yeah I did this one thing wrong I got myself in a little mess can you uh, can you fix this one mess I got myself into can you unstick me from this one thing so that I can carry on in this life that I've built for myself you see sometimes we come to Jesus saying I'd love a new window maybe you could fix the door I mean I'll take indoor plumbing that would be nice too But Jesus is saying, no, no, no. We want to knock it all down. I want to give you new life. I don't want to make your life better. I want to make it new. I don't just want to be your teacher. I want to be your savior. And so Nicodemus asks a question that we would all ask. What is this new life? What are you talking about, Jesus? And so as Jesus defines this new life... He starts by saying, I want to give you a new identity. Jesus says in verse three, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Yes, God says, Jesus says that this new life begins with a new identity. And of course, Nicodemus goes, how am I supposed to get back into my mother's womb and be born again? Right, he's totally confused by this statement. And Jesus is saying, I'm talking about a spiritual rebirth where I give you a new identity. In John chapter one, verse 12, John says this in his prologue to his gospel. He says, but to all who receive him, who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. That Jesus wants to give us a new identity. That part of our new life is a new identity. And Nicodemus is going, I kind of like the identity I have. I'm a household name. Everybody knows who I am. And Jesus says, no, I'm not looking to make your life better. I'm looking to give you new. Yes, Jesus wants to give us a new identity. Now, I have three boys. And I know the development cycle of life. I know that they're, they're thinking about identity issues. But the truth is, even at 44, I'm thinking about uh, sometimes about identity realities. Where do I build my identity on? What do I build my identity on? Who do I build my identity on? You know, I, we can be that great athlete. Sometimes as a kid, we, we build our life. I'm the best soccer player on the field. I'm captain of the team. But then we get to college And we sit the bench and we think, well, what am I if I'm not the best soccer player? Or we build our identity on on our appearance. We're beautiful. We're handsome. Everybody says it. We're strong. Then eventually our hair goes gray. 18 years old for me. Our body doesn't work the way it used to. Our muscles don't go as fast as they used to. In our appearance, we we built our identity on on what we look like and how the world perceives us, but that changes. and We start wondering, who am I? Maybe we build our life on what other people think of us. We, We spend our life making sure that everybody likes us. Everybody thinks we're great, but then we encounter somebody that doesn't like us at all. And we think, well, if I'm not the guy everybody likes, who am I then? We build our life on all these things and then they, they fall apart. But we don't just build our identity on things that are our strength. Sometimes we build our identity on the things we hate the most about us. Sometimes we build our identity on the things that are mistakes or our failures. We see ourselves as a failure. We see ourselves as a liar or a cheater or the one who can't succeed, the one who can't keep up. And our identity gets anchored in this failure. And, and that's all we think of ourselves. I read a book uh, again recently called Just Mercy about a man, named, uh, about a man uh, whose name is Brian Stevenson, the author of the book. He, he's a lawyer who, who defends people who are on death row. People who have their identity caught in, in, in who they are. The world sees them as murderers and thieves and, and horrible things. And he he always wants to say to his clients, what if you saw yourself as more than the worst thing you had ever done? Because their identity is so wrapped up in their failure. And Jesus says, I have good news, Nicodemus. I've got an identity for you that will battle anything that you can say or do. It'll stand up to anything that anyone else can say or do. I've got an identity for you. And it's a child of God. A son of the Most High King. A daughter of heaven. What a tremendous reality that Jesus is offering us. It's not just a new window or a new door on our little cabin. It's a whole new life that he wants to give us. Jesus wants to offer us new life, and it's not just a new identity, it's also a new heart. He goes on and he says to Nicodemus, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Unless one is born of water and Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, Nicodemus, as we've already established, he knows his scripture. He knows God's word and when he hears Jesus say this I have to imagine that he goes right back to Ezekiel 36. How many of us went back to Ezekiel 36? I had to have some help from some commentators to go back to Ezekiel 36 but in Ezekiel 36 God says to the people of Israel he says why do you keep walking away from me? Why do you keep turning your backs on me? Why do you keep following after other idols and other things? Why do you keep building your identity on things that fail you? And God says, I'm going to cleanse you with water. And I'm going to change you with my spirit. And God says, I'm going to reach into your body and I'm going to grab your heart of stone. And I'm going to pull that heart out. And I'm going to plant into you a heart of flesh. And you're going to delight in my ways, and you're going to delight in my presence, and you're going to delight in the things that I have for you. See, Jesus says to Nicodemus, I want to give you a new heart. I want to give you a heart that longs to serve the poor to fight for the oppressed, to feed the hungry, to visit the lonely, that values generosity, that cares for the sojourner. I wanna give you a heart that seeks justice and loves mercy, a heart that is humble and considers others better than yourselves. I wanna give you a heart that speaks truth and preaches to the lost and gives the lost the good news of Jesus Christ. I wanna give you a heart that hates sin and delights in God's word. As Jesus looks at Nicodemus and says, I want to give you new affections and new desires and new motives. I want to surgically take out that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Nicodemus goes looking for a teacher, but Jesus is offering to be a savior. Nicodemus is going looking for a life upgrade and Jesus is saying, I want to give you new life. It's a new identity. It's a new heart, but it's also new power. Jesus goes on, and I imagine that he's talking to Nicodemus. The, the wind begins to blow. I imagine that maybe they're on the rooftop of the house where Jesus is staying, and some, some clothes are hanging on a clothesline, and the, the wind starts to move them, and Jesus says, do not marvel. He says, you must be born again. He says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. The other day we were having a, a leadership team out under the front or a leadership team meeting out under the front portico, and we saw some storm clouds coming, but we didn't know that it was gonna really hit us quite that fast. In fact, all of a sudden, the wind just started whipping across the parking lot. We were getting pelted with pine needles and leaves and even little sticks, and the the pollen was making it hard to see. In fact, the little white tent that was there last Sunday when you were here, it picked up off the ground right from its anchors. The wind actually bent the metal poles. It broke some of them in half. It was powerful. And Jesus says, I have a power. I have a wind, the same word is spirit in the Greek and in Hebrew, wind and spirit together. I have a spirit for you. My spirit, the same spirit that hovered over the waters in creation in Genesis, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, this spirit I offer to you a new power to live and move and breathe in your life. This Nicodemus shows up to Jesus looking for a teacher, but Jesus is offering to be a savior. Jesus is offering new life, a new identity, a new heart, a new power in our lives. And Nicodemus asks the question that we must all be asking, well, how do I get that? What do I need to do? And once again, Jesus reaches back into the Old Testament And he says in verse 14, he says, do you remember when Moses was in the wilderness? Do you remember when Moses was leading the people from slavery in Egypt to the promised land? Do you remember that, Nicodemus? Do you remember how the people started to grumble? Oh, I wish I was back in Egypt. Oh, I wish I didn't have to walk so far every day. I like the food back in Egypt better. Moses, this really stinks. Are you sure you got the right directions, Moses? They're complaining and they're frustrated and God gets angry. And he sends fiery serpents into the, into the camp in Israel. He sends venomous snakes to the Israelites and they start biting them. And the snakes are biting the Israelites and the Israelites are in pain and the Israelites are dying. And they say to Moses, Moses, do something. We're dying here. And Moses prays to God and God says, make an image of a bronze serpent and put it on a pole and hang it high. Hold it high above the people. And anyone that is bitten by a snake can look up to this bronze serpent and be healed. See, the solution wasn't go kill all the snakes. The solution wasn't go into the woods and and find an anecdote for the snake bite. The solution wasn't pass some laws about the snakes. The solution wasn't ignore the snakes. The solution was here's what I need you to do I need you to climb that pole and touch that bronze snake. The solution was look at the snake. Have faith in God that he can heal you. But Jesus knows we're not bitten by venomous snakes. No, our sickness is sin. We've been bitten by sin. And we're dying. Nicodemus is dying. And Jesus says, I'll become sin for you. I'll become sin and I'll be put not on a pole in the camp in Israel, but I'll be put on a pole here across in Jerusalem that I'll be lifted up above everybody. And that as you've been bitten and afflicted by sin, I will become sin on a cross for you so that you can look to me. And if you believe in me, you will be saved. See, Jesus says, if you want to find life, then you've got to believe that I'm the solution. That I'm the only way that you can find true life. See, Nicodemus shows up looking for a teacher, but Jesus wants to be his savior And the truth of the matter, we show up to Jesus going, can you fix this part of my life? Can you make this better? But Jesus says, I don't want to give you new windows or doors. I'm just going to put a tree down on top of your cabin and I'm going to start fresh. I'm going to start over. I want to be your savior. I want to give you new life. We find that when we surrender to him. You know, we get to see Nicodemus again in the Gospel of John. Nicodemus, in John chapter 19, he shows up again. This time, after Jesus has died on the cross for us, Nicodemus shows up to prepare Jesus' body for burial. In, In John chapter 19, we see Nicodemus show up, not at the nighttime, but in the daylight and he's carrying 75 pounds of spices, and he's got cloth to wrap Jesus' body. And there, risking his reputation, risking it all, he touches a dead body. And he he wraps Jesus' body for burial and he anoints it in spices. Because by John chapter 19, Nicodemus isn't looking for a teacher. Nicodemus knows he needs a savior. He knows he's dying. And as wonderful a life he has built for himself, as wonderful a reputation he has, as wonderful as everything that he has that's done, he knows he needs not a better life, but a new life. And the only place he can find it which is with Jesus Christ himself. Jesus Christ doesn't want to be our teacher, he wants to be our savior. Jesus Christ doesn't want to make our life better. He wants to make our life new. Would we understand that we've been bitten by sin? That there is nothing for us but death unless we surrender and find life in Jesus Christ. May we seek Jesus this morning, not as a teacher, but as a savior. May we seek Jesus this morning not to fix a few windows or doors, but to knock us down and start anew because Jesus Christ offers us new life.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Here at the Williamsburg Community Chapel, our mission is to make disciples of Jesus by meeting people wherever they are, spiritually and physically. If you'd like to learn more or connect with us, Follow us on social media at WCChapel757 or visit our website, wcchapel.org. Have a blessed day.